Okay. All right. Ready? Yep. You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. White and Blue CFL podcast. Uh, I have no name for this episode, so I'm just going to get straight into it. My name is Oz Davis. I'll be your co-host for the show. And as always, my co-host is Joe Pritchard. Joe, how's it going today? It's been dreary as crap around here for the last few days. <laughs> the Brewers are out of the playoffs. My bombers uh. Uh, are going are are showing who they truly are at the moment given that matt nichols is no longer a potential returnee this year it's been it's not been great i'll be honest (laughs) now when you say around here is that like a really localized dark cloud like over your house or is this this tremendous pocket of winnipeg blue bombers fans out there in wisconsin it was pretty much the entire state under the getting blasted by the gloomy, gloomy, gloomy weather and the uh, other thing. But yeah, then, <laughs> then the bomber thing is localized over my little neck of the woods here. I would, mm-hmm. I would be pretty, I'd be pretty surprised if that uh, was much bigger than that. I gotta say, right off the top, man, you're a good Brewers fan for actually like sticking with this team towards what has been like one of the worst most boring baseball seasons i have ever seen i mean and it's not even close (laughs) to anything in my lifetime that i can recall well Um, uh, given that baseball scratch is a different itch for me than the cfl does so i'm going to keep it brief given that this is a cfl show but (laughs) yeah pretty much everything after september 1st was house money because they shouldn't have been anywhere close to the playoffs and then they got stupid hot for a while it got to be it was a fun little ride to have in september uh it's too bad it didn't extend further into october but if you told me they had played one playoff game on September 1st, I'd have been like, you sure? You might want to check your numbers. <laughs> yeah, check your time travel machine. Make sure you're in the right time stream. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, once Yelich went down, I mean, that was... I'm not <laughs> going to put any money on they, the Brewers That's when guy. they got hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can it be sustained? Uh, so much of the playoffs, I think, in all sports these days, in modern sports, especially in leagues such as the CFL, where great numbers of teams in proportion to the size of the league make the playoffs, that I think it's really all about who gets hot late. Who gets hot at the right time? I mean, uh, the NBA is a good case study in this as well. You're playing those playoffs for a month and a half, and it's like, I've seen teams like, you know, cool off during the playoffs. Uh, the Spurs one year famously did so. I mean, you know, I think that's what it's about. It's you got to sustain this stuff going into the playoffs, which is how I wanted to lead off the show today. Let's talk about the what I would call the aftermath of Joe's least favorite game of last week, Hamilton Tiger Cats 
33, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 13. The tide of public opinion and the tide of Vegas opinion <laughs> um, has really shifted over the past, I would say, four or five days. And all of a sudden, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are the presumptive favorites to take this thing. Uh, I'm looking at the odds at one noted sports book right now. Hamilton Tiger Cats are now the favorite at plus 275. That's about five to two. And the Calgary Stampeders have dropped or have lengthened, I guess you could say, to plus 320. And here are the Rough Riders at plus 330. Sneaking in there. All the, I mean, again, like, Who's hot now, right? Here are the riders who got smoked by Ottawa in week two, really catching fire at the right time, especially since they're heading into a difficult, uh, rather not so difficult part of their schedule. And in case anyone's interested, Toronto is at 300,000 to one, in case anybody wants to put money on that. Uh, so, but my thing is this, Joe, here's my hot take. While everybody's saying Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. How can we really be this confident? How can the money be going to Hamilton right now when Calgary could have home field advantage in the championship and the Grey Cup? I mean, we can talk about the historical precedent for that in a little bit, and I've got some I've got some trivia for you um, on it. But how I think that all things being equal, Calgary is the pivot right now. I would say so too. I think a lot of people are attracted to the 11 and 3 record that the Tiger Cats have put up, and more power to them. That's a damn good record in this league right now. Uh, but I think the th the one thing that they may be missing is Calgary has been lower in the standings that that we're used to until this week. So they haven't really been in people's heads as a Grey Cup contender until very recently, whereas Hamilton's been in the picture all season. I mean, they were basically anointed the champions walking into the season, and for once, yeah, and for once, I should say, they've actually lived up to those expectations. So people have been riding the idea that Winnipeg and Hamilton were going all the way to the championship game, and uh, well, at least half of that's got a pretty good chance of still happening, but. And it's really weird to think of it this way. And there's a, it's one of the few things that is kind of weird to think about uh, this week. But Calgary has been under the radar all year because they had a, that slow start because of the injury to Bo Levi Mitchell. Now that he's back and now that the stamps are rolling again, they're going to start getting on people's radars. But they haven't been for most of the year, so people have been thinking Hamilton as a contender all year and not so much about Calgary. Right. Right. And, and of course the record looks really impressive because, and this is not one of my trivia questions for you, but um, the East, when was the last time the East had the better record? When was the last time the East had the top seat going into this tournament? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been a while, right? I mean, I, I, I off the top of my head, I, does it go back to Montreal? Does it go back to the Montreal days? I mean, because it's been a, a while since the East has had that top record. And this year, it's all the, 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 the near 500 teams are all in the West and dueling for that top spot. And the thing about Calgary is, yeah, they started, what, one and one, and then they went four and three without Bo Levy in there. Um, so, yeah, they're completely under the radar, five and four. I mean, no one's not completely under the radar. 
but you know they're still they're still looking up let's put it that way so yeah i do believe that's part of it now the last time a team had home field advantage throughout the playoffs into the great cup so basically like home field for the great cup and the championship game on either conference side was when do do you remember joe So the last team that won at home was the Riders, but they yeah. didn't host the West Final. That was the right. Calgary hosted the West Final, but had exactly. lost all their defensive linemen right before then. So they were playing uh, very, very undermanned up front, and Saskatchewan tore them apart. Uh, was it Toronto in 2012? I'm not sure. Um, if it no. wasn't, it was probably BC the year before. Mm-hmm. 2011, yes, yeah, BC in 2011, that is correct. Because there was three years in a row, after years and years and years of teams <laughs> hosting Grey Cups, uh, getting there and then losing, then it happened three years in a row, mm-hmm. where teams mm-hmm. would get get to the Grey Cup that they were that they were also hosting, and then win after it was a storyline for decades, probably, maybe not quite, but probably, both. But... <laughs> But both Toronto, well, I can tell you about the previous time in just a moment. I wonder if you can guess that one, too. But um, the uh, no, for both Saskatchewan and Toronto, they had to basically back in. They had to play through um, another town to get there. Um, do, do you remember what was the time before that? And if you can tell me any other facts about that great cup, you'll get bonus points. Bonus points for what? I don't know, but... Okay, so we're talking about hosting the conference final and the Grey Cup and right. winning. No, not winning. I mean, all I all I'm talking about is just having the path because just they lost. The path. They lost. Right. So you get the you get the conference final at home, and you get the Grey Cup at home. And okay. I'll, I'll even gi- I'll even give you the hint that the that the home team the the hosting team lost. But when okay. was it? It could have been as recent before 2011. As... Yeah, it, it could have been as recent as Montreal, two thousand eight. Uh, nope. No, it wasn't them, huh? Nope. Gosh, this is gonna go back a while then. Yeah, you have to go back. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Is that like after I left the aughts, I'm like cycling back and cycling back, and I did this the old-fashioned way because there is no good CFL trivia site. I think somebody needs to start one. Uh, we'll, let, we'll get Mike. We'll get Superfan Mike on that right away. Uh, if we can no, tear him away it. from his duties as co-host of the Eskimo Empire podcast, oh. also a member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I uh, just want to make sure people know about that one because that is also a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful yeah. show. The uh, actually maybe we can maybe we can pool resources and everybody can contribute to the CFL trivia website. <laughs> that way um okay you ready for this yeah go ahead then maybe if I, okay i'll give you the gray cup and then maybe you can tell me some factoids about it if you know your trivia 1982 oh toronto right uh, yeah yeah toronto is to who well they lost to edmonton because edmonton right. was finishing their run as the super dynasty of all cfl history at that point right and still right. really uh, but right. that Toronto Argonauts so, team came from the dead the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They were running the run and shoot, uh, which was revolutionary at the time. 
why am I thinking you're leading up to talking about Terry Greer for some reason? Because <laughs> <laughs> Actually not. Actually not. No, I, it was the last um, interesting note. It was the last Grey Cup won by Warren Moon uh, in the CFL. Now, he did play the next year, but they did not make that Grey Cup that year. And um, but what is famous about the 1982 Great Cup? Do you remember? It's known for it's known for one thing. It's it's the so-called it's the so-called Rain Bowl. Yeah, because I was gonna say the weather was crappy enough right. that the league didn't go back to Toronto until <laughs> they had a roof. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was gonna ask you. Is that like is this the game? That precipitated a dome stadium in Toronto. Uh, it, right? it absolutely uh, did. Uh, we'll ask our fans over right. the Argos Fancast more about that someday, I'm sure. But yeah, that's absolutely the case. So, so there you go. Now, now I think that again, all things being equal, that home and home would be huge for Calgary. This Calgary team, who has a demonstrated, at least Dickinson, Bo Levy, Mitchell, some other key players in the organization, have that experience in the playoffs already. You know, I mean, that to me is a huge, huge, huge advantage. And and, and as an occasional part-time better, I got to say, I would much rather put money on the Stampeders with longer odds than the Tiger guy. So I don't care how hot the Tiger guys are right now. Yeah, and that's not to say. I didn't, that, and that's also not to say that the Tiger Cats aren't worthy. But absolutely, you're getting absolutely. better odds on a team that's demonstrated the ability to do this and could have the right. that path that they have. Yeah, I can see what you're saying, right? Very right. Clearly. I I would love to see. I can completely imagine a Calgary Hamilton Great Cup. Right. You you have the low scoring first half. And it's edgier seat throughout, and then it turns into a pinball machine in the second half, and you know Calgary wins by two or three points. You know you get one of these games where Calgary wins but doesn't cover the spread. You know that's I can completely imagine that because this Hamilton Tiger Cats is a good team, and like the Blue Bombers, they're oh boy I did the Rod Black uh, stress there, emphasis there uh the the blue bombers uh are a culmination of the past two three four years um this is the end result of something it feels like in hamilton and so this is like i don't know if the window of opportunity this is it but the window is wide open right now (laughs) their window of opportunity is wide open in 2019 i think now um do you want to talk about this game at all Are you giving me the option to skip it? Oh wow, really, Joe? Uh, that it's the first. And it really feels funny to mm-hmm. say that this is the first time they've gotten just beaten yeah. all year. Just where it's clear that they had no right to be on that field with Hamilton. Right. But it also feels like the end of the season at the same time, because now this is what this team is. Uh, they've demonstrated that they cannot handle any sort of defense that can actually uh, that can make tackles and make the plays that they're supposed to make. They have to 
the only way the Bombers offense works is if they're breaking tackles and uh, getting people out of position uh, by deception. And eventually, given that this has been the offense since Labor Day, at least, there's film on it now. Teams are going to learn it. They're going to figure it out. And that'll be the end of the Bombers having any chance of uh, overcoming teams with better talent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bombers are two and three under Chris Streveler. And I don't know. that the, the frustrating thing for me is, and I am no football expert. I'm just a fan geek boy. Okay, but it's obvious to me that the only weapon that's that's useful to Strebler right now is Andrew Harris, and and Harris had a crummy game running this game. Yeah, and you stack, you stack the line, you make your tackles, right. you make Strebler beat you with his arm, which he can't do, and you've got this team beat. Right, 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 and and this was a pretty terrible loss to take, I think, at the time. I'm sure you don't need retelling, but. I'll say it for the record. This comes a few days after it was made official that Matt Nichols isn't going to play at all again this season, and he's going to have to have surgery. So really, like, you know, I was talking at the top of the show about getting hot at the right time going into the playoffs. Well, here you go. The Bombers are not getting hot at the right time. They're getting cold at the wrong time. No, they could have they could have survived this. They could have survived even another loss this next week. If you would have told me that Matt Nichols was coming back, I would after that after next week that would have been six weeks or six games on the injured list. Yeah, I would have told you that I believe the Bombers have a chance, but at this point I don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just not there anymore. Not unless they make a change at quarterback, which. I cannot see them doing because they're not, they haven't gone out and gotten a better yet. And if they're going to the time to do that was six weeks ago to let the guy learn the system. Uh, well, what and, would, what would be the point? What would be the point, Joe? It's like, okay, so Kenny Lawler, you know, had a monster game. I mean, Kenny Lawler was doing Kenny Lawler things out there, you know, 10 catches on 10 targets, by the way, for 144 yards. I mean, you know, it's just that you double Harris every time and you take your lumps with with everybody else yep. but I mean there's just nobody else out there I mean Wolitarski I mean he hasn't been heard from since like what week one <laughs> you know I mean who else are you gonna go to out there so I don't think it matters I mean yeah okay if you could throw in like Bo Levy yeah sure you'd have a fighting chance with no name receivers but I don't know I mean, what would be the point you know you might actually even be you know trading down so and I think the best you can hope for is to get 500 ball the rest of the way out, but I just don't see how it's going to happen with people keying on Harris all the time. Yep, and even 500 ball is not going to do anything but put this team even more firmly in third place, which is right, right, right. the worst place to be at this point, especially considering you started at nine and three. Yeah, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they're getting a home game. No. Not with not with Saskatchewan and nope, they're, Calgary. They're going, they're going one and out. It's just mm-hmm. that unless Traveler's ability uh, to throw the ball uh, just becomes better as time goes on, I just don't I just don't see how this team can put together enough of an offensive game 
to overcome the teams that they need to overcome to go anywhere this for the rest of the season here. I guess not. I guess not. Um, okay, right. That's enough. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to finish sticking pins and needles into Joe mentally here and move on to uh, the next game. Let's just briefly comment on a couple of these games. Some of these games were a real slog, let me tell you. Edmonton Eskimos 21, Ottawa Red Black 16. I just want to say I know I've been giving the Eskimos fans a real hard time this year, and uh, I'm going to give you a bit more here. I guess to some extent a win is a win, but you got to wonder about giving up 11 points there in the second half sandwiched around a couple two-and-outs. I mean, did they just stop caring in the fourth quarter? I mean, it was nice that Kilgore could bring them back and stuff, but they better not get complacent uh, against anybody better than the Red Blacks. 250,000 to one to win the great cup, by the way. Uh, I think I'll pass. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, come on. Four bucks wins you a million. (laughs) I think think I'd rather buy a beer with that and actually enjoy it a little bit. I mean, Eskimos, have we got anything fresh to say about them? No. You know, to me, this looks like the sixth seed in the CFL playoffs. Is what the Eskimos look like. Yeah, they, um, they at the beginning of the year there was some spark there. There was some. It, it looked like there's a lot more fire at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. but when they started having trouble putting the ball into the end zone, when it started to become a theme, it just things have spiraled ever since. Yeah, the red zone thing still has not improved, and the penalty thing has improved a bit, but. They're still worse than any of the team that's going to make the playoffs in that category. So no, I wonder if there's not some cell changes coming at the end of the season there. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, like, again, I don't think... Did did you have them making the playoffs? You did, right? I did not. I had them picked to no. be 7-11 and 11 and finishing 5th. Right. But I also had BC waking up a little bit sooner than they did, so... <laughs> have they woken up yet? Uh, I, you could say that. But we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, in, in shortly, because we can also blow right past this game, which I'm sure you don't want to talk about. Saskatchewan Riders 41, Toronto Argonauts 16. You know, again, this is this is more proof of the no lead is safe rhetoric isn't always true. At what point did you think the Riders had this game at, in hand, Joe? Let's see. I think when the official tossed his coin. <laughs> that oh, would be you, the stole same. My, you stole my thunder. I was going to say as soon as I realized that the ratio of riders to Argos fans was at 10 to 1. I mean, it's amazing to look at the highlights of this thing because it looks like a riders home game. You know what this looks like? This looks like the Steelers playing the Rams at the Coliseum these days. That's what this looks like. Or the Bears playing the Rams at the Coliseum. You know, you got ten times more away fans than so-called home fans. You know, that's what that game was like. So, as soon as I saw that, I'm just like, oh my god. I mean, to, nobody's watching. Nobody cares. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to say thanks to TSN for putting Rod Black on this game because again, nobody I think was watching this except for Riders fans. I actually did. I actually slogged through this game until they put it away in the third quarter. 
I yeah, actually, I'm a, would, I'm a good CFL fan. I would say you could have turned it off though, with, with about two minutes to go in the or after the two minute debacle, at the begin <laughs> at the end of the first half. Uh, there's that? still there's still whispers that the Bombers are looking to bring in a veteran quarterback here and there. I think Davis Sanchez today was saying something of the something of the sort. I won't quote I won't quote it directly because I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> But the thought was that they were still working on trying to bring in a veteran. Well, if you're going to bring in a veteran from a place like Toronto, please, dear God, don't make it James Franklin, because he clearly didn't know how to run a um, inside uh, a drive inside of three minutes, because mm-hmm. that was just uh, awful. Bizarre. Surreal. Awful. Yeah. 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 If this was the NFL, you'd think it was tanking. You know, you think he was doing it on purpose, but there's not really any point of trying to get that number one pick in the CFL draft as opposed to the number two pick. But wow, wow, yeah, that was, that was. This was not football you want to show folks who have never seen the CFL before in the states. It would so. be the kind of game when they when they would show up when they would be on TV once a week, and I'd tell somebody, hey, go take a look at this. This is the kind of game that would be on that night. That's just mm-hmm. the way it would be. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Okay, let's do this one. Uh, this game made me really sad. BC Lions 25, Montreal Alouettes 23, because Vernon Adams chose to lose his head, perhaps chemically induced. I'm still thinking about that, by the way. And tried to take an ambiguous I love... head with it, with it, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, in any case. Well, in any case, you know, the TSN guys, the CFL, was trying to push the line that, you know, Vernon Adams, he was very um, contrite. You know, he was apologizing to our, all parties involved. But the truth is that watching Matt Schultz in the entire second half was pretty freaking brutal. I mean, this was the CFL's equivalent of, I mean, yeah, the CFL's equivalent of Blake Bortles out there. I mean, after after the one long pass to kick off the, the second half, well, I shouldn't use that expression, but <laughs> that phrasal verb, but hey, to kick off the second half, after that, I mean, he went two for six uh, with one interception and 15 yards passing. Um, after a while... He kind of just realized that, oh, well, I can't do this with my arm anymore, so I'm going to do it with my feet. And, you know, he whipped off some nice gains. You know, he sustained a couple of drives, but, you know, they didn't go anywhere. We didn't put enough points on the board. So, also, you know, so it was a pretty sad game for me. And now, you know, Adams comes back. Yippee skippy. We get Calgary next week. <laughs> so a team we don't want to face right now. So uh, just kind of depressing for me in general. Um, I liked how I liked how the official website CFL.ca reported this. The headline on the game recap is Lions remain in playoff contention with third consecutive win. <laughs> they're making it sound like they're actually bonafide contenders. I think the odds on them are like 80,000 to one right now. Um, okay, Joe. So you said before that, the Lions have awoken from their hibernation. Um, really? Seriously? Can, can you back that up a little bit? Yeah, I can back that up just a little bit. But first of all, 
You, <laughs> you name-checked okay. Blake Bortles. Uh, there goes any chance we had of not having to stick explicit content on this show. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Do you know... I, I know you're not following the NFL this year, okay? But this might shock you. Do you know what team he's, he, he doesn't play for? Do you know what team he's backing up for right now? I want to say it's one of the L.A. teams. Uh-huh. Here comes some explicit content. <laughs> the L.A. bleep, bleep, bleep Rams. You know, that's who he's backing up for. And people are calling for Goff's head. But anyway, don't let me get off on a Rams tangent. Right. Anyway, let's talk B.C. if we must. So? So, uh, obviously, they're they're not <laughs> they, – they've gotten Ottawa, Ottawa, and Montreal without Vernon Adams in back-to-back-to-back weeks. But they are playing better football. I mean, they trashed Ottawa. Not that that's a terribly difficult thing to do these days, but Edmonton seemed to have a lot, little bit of trouble doing that. So Well, BC against Ottawa took care of business. In this game, you are correct. I mean, Mike Riley looked like Mike Riley. Look, again. I mean, I mean, you know, Vernon Adams is not missing from the defense, and Riley was 30 of 34 for 309 and a touchdown. Yep. You know, so one, one interception. So they're starting to at least play, show some of what made people uh, think that they were coming into this season as great cup contenders. It's right. too little too late, but there's yeah. a spark there again where there is not one in Ottawa, there is not one in Toronto. So they're very, very clearly number seven on the power rankings right now. If you're into such a thing, uh, <laughs> you give, give it, yeah, and then and, you could... and they could, and they have Toronto next week. They've got at Edmonton in week 18, uh, Saskatchewan week 19, uh, buy in 20, and then Calgary when Calgary may have clinched. They're gonna. They have a chance to make this season look not as horrible. They make their yeah. season record look not as horrible as they played the first half of the season. So, right. and, and then you could talk about momentum. You can talk about hey, you could have the narrative that hey, they they got it together. They got it together too late. But let's watch for these guys next year. Whereas if they would have come into this game and they almost lost the game, still uh, the near the end of the game I, I'm with Kahari Jones I'm definitely going third and one on the two there um, but Absolutely. yeah Absolutely. so BC was very very close to losing this ball game but they were able to pull it out and yeah see the, the any, only th- any other team any other week okay you pull that play against BC and you pull it off right if you don't you got them backed up on the one and then they're not going to dig 99 yards. However, this team last week, you believe they might have done that. Mike Riley looked like Mike Riley. Right. He only got sacked two times, and that was both by John Bowman, who's been ripping it up lately, and both of them were in the first half. Yeah, so they're, mean, starting, they the they're starting to find they, things that work from them. They have something right. now they can build on, where mm-hmm. if they would have come into these last three weeks or you know moping and not playing very well still and uh, giving up on the season uh they could have they could have left this season as just a complete waste with nothing to build on now they've at least got something going 
if they can keep it going, finish six and twelve, even seven and eleven, you've got something to wish on next year. Well, I mean, also because you know one of the narratives going in is, wow, this new coaching staff—they're all young, they're all original and fresh and stuff like this. Well, it's like, okay, so learning curve, right? I mean, that's what they'll say. They'll get paradoxically, even though they finish even as low as like six and ten, maybe even like five and thirteen. Five, uh, six and twelve. I'm sorry, or five and thirteen. Um, they'll still get a vote of confidence in the offseason. This coaching staff. Maybe, right? maybe not. They still may change a piece or two out, but yeah, they're, the call for uh, huge changes that might have been there at two and sixteen or three and fifteen might not be there at six and twelve. This might be buying Clay Brooks and maybe even Hervey another season to show what they can do. Okay, now you're you're slightly bullish on the Lions, if I can say that. Um, can they put the fear of God into Edmonton before this is over? Absolutely. I don't think Edmonton's playing very well at all. Trevor Harris is on the sixth game. Uh, you look at you look at uh, the quarterback matchup of Mike Riley versus Logan Kilgore. Uh, you're going sign me up. Now, mind you, Mike Riley's going to be running for his life because Edmonton's defense is still getting after the quarterback, so it's not exactly going to be a catwalk yeah. in that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and say that, like the early games these two teams played, Edmonton just dominated uh, mm. after a very quick start in the first one by BC, if I'm remembering correctly. But after that, it, this was all Edmonton in this series. This last, this third game between the two teams might look a lot different. Yeah, yeah, it might be competitive, <laughs> which would be nice for, you know, when that happens. It's it's great. I'm I'm happy that BC is is back in the thick of things. You know, for a long time it looked like the six teams were set. Um, they might still have been since about what week eight or so. It's right. been a it, while. It, it since would take finished. a monumental collapse on Edmonton's right. part, but BC gets them one more time so they can at least have a four point game against them and right. make two steps in one week if both if these teams are truly trending in these directions. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Well, they are a little bit at least so Alright, right. Well we'll talk some more Montreal Alouettes after the break. As we talk playoff scenarios, and we'll talk next week's games right here on the Rouge White Blue CFL podcast. CFL podcast. I'm Ross Davis. I'm with my co-host Joe Pritchard, who will now feed us the playoffs scenario for next week's games. Joe, what could happen this week? Okay, this is going to be a bit more lengthy than the past couple weeks because there's a lot more than things that can happen. So let's talk. Let's go from the East because that's where we usually start. So a Hamilton win and a Montreal loss or tie means that Hamilton clinches first place and will host the Eastern final. Okay. So Montreal needs to, uh, it can't, this can't be a terrible weekend for Montreal to stay alive. 
as far as the division race or the division race goes. Now, Montreal does have something to play for themselves besides staying in that race, although that race is pretty well over. I would, if Montreal wins or ties at so that they get a point in any way, shape, or form. Montreal secures a postseason spot and a home playoff date because they would be second in the East. It would be Montreal's right. first home playoff game since 2014, which is before this show began. <laughs> a reminder from Joe Bridger yes. to Alouette's fans. Uh, now, right. if, so, Montreal, um, if Montreal does not lose, they are in the playoffs and hosting very, very likely a crossover team. Yeah, but that was the situation this week, too, and they didn't do it. They didn't take care of business this week, either. So I think they've got some time on that one. Now, yeah, of if course. Toronto loses or ties, they are out. Done. Finished. Okay. Game over. Okay. Uh, that same scenario does not exist for Ottawa. I'm not exactly sure why, unless they are already out, but I can't see <laughs> how. Uh, I, I suppose, though, uh, Ottawa would need to play, so that's probably why they're not there. Uh, mm. So, let's take a look at the West, because... Oh, so Ottawa's playing the bye this week? Yeah, Ottawa's playing the bye. Yeah. Uh, the bye is 4.5-point uh, favorites. I was just going to say so, yep, I was just going to say so. So, here, here, <laughs> here's, where, here's where Ottawa comes into the picture here, as far as being okay. talked about in the playoff scenarios here. Let's go out West... Wow. Edmonton victory means that Edmonton wins a playoff berth via the crossover, which would eliminate Toronto necessarily and Ottawa. Uh, Because at that point, Edmonton would have eight wins and neither of those two could catch them. I almost want to, I almost want to say a tie would do the same thing though. Okay. But, okay. But, ah, but if Edmonton ties, BC could catch them yet. Theoretically. Right, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Right, because what about BC in this? And so Edmonton clinches at least a crossover, is what you're saying. Because Edmonton can still finish third. Right? They can oh, still yes. catch yes. Winnipeg. Yeah. Yes, but for this week, they can secure themselves uh, a, a, cro- a playoff spot, which would, in one fell swoop, given that it is the first game of the week, if Edmonton goes into Hamilton and beats Hamilton it would eliminate BC, Ottawa, and right, Toronto right. in one game. Right, right, right. Gee, what's in Hamilton's interest there? I guess Hamilton just wants to win. Well, Hamilton <laughs> wants to win, and they want to put space in between them and Montreal. Yeah, yeah, I guess, although... That's, I mean, again, like I keep saying this, Montreal's been locked into that 2 for a long time this season, a long time. I don't think that's changing. And Hamilton's been one for a long right. time. It's a so. little early to take the foot off the gas, too, if we want to talk theoretic theoretics. As oh, yeah, as. sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's also what I've been saying lately, too, is that what's going to kill Hamilton more than anything is complacency. You know, Saskatchewan and, and uh, Winnipeg and Calgary have to keep playing down the stretch. In fact, all the teams in the West have to keep playing down the stretch. They're going to have to play until Week 21, probably, a lot of those teams. Right. So. 
Um, and the top three okay. teams in the West can't clinch, can't be eliminated, can't be shoved down the shoved down the standings permanently. Nothing like that because they're so close and there's so many games left. So that's why they are not mentioned in our playoff picture scenario this week. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, none of them. They're, they're, those those three teams are too tight. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, they can't clinch anything. Um, okay, right. Great. Thank you, Joe. Thanks very much. Let's go on to next week's games. Well, uh, Joe already mentioned the first game is the uh, Edmonton at Hamilton game. Hamilton is six and a half point favorites in this game. So obviously the book believes that they're going all out. Uh, I also wanted to say uh, I did not mention it in when we were talking about last week's game before, but Simone Lawrence is a beast right now uh, from somebody who – really appreciates the defensive side of the ball. He loves to watch the defensive side of the ball. Wow. I mean, they credit him with 17 tackles last week. That was on 62 sacks. I mean, like, do you suppose that Andrew Harris is, like, going to the grocery store or going to Starbucks or whatever, and he's looking out for Simone Lawrence coming through the line? I mean, jeez. What a monster. What a monster he was. In any case... Um, this is a touchdown game, according to the bookmakers. Is Hamilton vicious enough to like completely tear apart Edmonton, Joe? I think they probably are. Oh, yeah. I think they'll they'll, oh, they'll win yeah. by double figures. I, I this could be a twenty thirty point game here. I, wow! They, if, if both of these teams play the way they did last week, this could be a forty point game. Are you kidding? Okay, wait. I've I've got to, like, hold up the podcast for a minute here because I want to see if there are any props available on winning by 20, 25 points. No, I, don't, I can't access any right now. That's too bad. Wow, okay, you heard it here first, fans. Um, okay, realistically speaking, Joe, if you had to stake on it, like, how many points do you think they're going to win by? Like, how high could you make this line? Well, given the Bombers lost by 20 at home last week, <laughs> and Edmonton is prob is probably not playing as well as even the Bombers at the moment. I could I could seriously see this being a four touchdown difference. Okay, yeah, I was just gonna suggest that twenty eight thirty points. Yeah, all right. Well, you heard you heard it here first, fans. The line on this should be minus twenty seven and a half points to Hamilton. And watch, somehow, <laughs> the Eskimos <laughs> are gonna win this thing in the last three minutes, and it's gonna be like. Not only did I predict this horribly, horribly, horribly wrong, but I predicted this even more horribly than usual. Well, we haven't we haven't seen that game from Evans yet, right? We haven't seen the zero touchdown, three interception game yet, right? No, we haven't. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's this week, you know? And and Edmonton gets a couple of fluky. Uh, defensive touchdowns, or they get put in the red zone to start a drive. I mean, even they can score from that. Well, I guess maybe they can't. They'll just kick a lot of field goals, right? I mean, that could happen. That could happen this week. But the smart money is that it will. Right. Let's go on. We got another triple header. Yay. Or as Rod Black likes to refer to it, Super Saturday. God, that guy's such a cheese ball. All right. So <laughs> we're starting off with Calgary. Only. Two and a half point favorites at Montreal. I think the sports book knows their CFL, recent CFL history like we do, as good as Calgary has traditionally been under Bo Levy Mitchell and Dickinson and folks like this, that infrastructure. 
structure, they've had a tough time with this late season at Montreal game. However, you almost wonder if much of that in the past hasn't been down to trap game kind of stuff, you know, taking it for granted that they're going to win Montreal, uh, taking the weather for granted. You know, it can't possibly be that cold yet. But let me tell you, I've been to Montreal a few times and, yeah, can't get that cold. Even in October, early October, it can be freaking cold. Um, stuff like that. Says so I wonder, the guy that lives in L.A. Well, yeah, but see, I was born and raised in New Hampshire, man. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of that kind of weather, but it's worse in Montreal. Um, it's cold. I don't, I don't October, I'm sure, isn't that bad. But you, you wonder if stuff like that isn't part of it now. I mean, obviously, Vegas are no dummies. This is, again, I've said it a few times on the show. One of the reasons why I always quote the lines is not necessarily because I'm saying go out and bet these things. But these are the guys who actually have to predict this stuff fairly accurately because they're winning and losing millions of dollars on these games. So they obviously think that this is going to be a close one, and but that Calgary is going to win it. Um yeah, I've been pessimistic about this one since the last game, since the Adams incident, really. So I'm just going to take my lumps here and say, yeah, Montreal's going to lose by about three or four points. But I think this is going to be a real low-scoring game. I think they're really going to have to grind this one out. Yeah, and I hope it. I hope it's uh, one of those games where all of a sudden in the last three minutes something, a couple of crazy things happen, and it's a fun one to watch. Uh, I do. I'm with you on Calgary. I just think they're on a roll right now, and they have something to play for. And I mm-hmm. don't like that combination. If mm-hmm. I'm anybody else, so yeah. So often, the classic Calgary season has been, you know, you lose one or you tie one or you lose one and you tie one in your first three or four weeks, and then you cruise. And then late in the season, you drop the Montreal game, and maybe you drop that last week when there's nothing to play for. Calgary hasn't had to really, like, they haven't been in that position where they're fighting for their lives uh, against Montreal late in the season. So I think that, yeah, this leads to a Calgary win. I think Montreal's going to play them tough, though. I think Montreal's going to play them tough. I am loving what Kyrie Jones is doing with this team this season, and I'm really enjoying the defense uh, from Montreal this season. So they're going to work for it. I, like I say, I think it's going to be a real grinder. Um, could be a good game for those who like running, too. Right, let's go. Middle game on Saturday will be Winnipeg at Saskatchewan. Wow, Joe. All right, Saskatchewan is five-point favorites. Are you more pessimistic than that? I bet you are. So to speak. And now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if, they'll, if the writers will actually uh, cover the spread. Because what'll, what's more likely to happen is that the Bombers are going to play well oh, enough we to go. make me actually believe that they're going to pull this thing off. Even when, at this point, they don't seem to have much of a right to do so. And then something stupid will happen in the last minute, and I'll sit here and wonder why I do this to myself. Jesus, Joe, you've got last-minute scenarios for each three of these first three games. We're in for a hell of a weekend. <laughs> right. We got 
fumble recovery returns and blocked punts and all this stuff, missed rouges and stuff like this. Well, at least that'll be fun, right? Except for the one where I want to gouge my eyes out after watching it. But, you know, (laughs) uh, so far, three three out of three. Three great games. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, because last week, only two of the games were really, like, watchable, we suspected, and basically it turned out that way. The week before, it was, like, one game. I think out of three, maybe, or out of four, uh, that was that looked good. Um, so yeah, yeah, this this week looks quite promising. And then here we go, maybe fighting for their lives, maybe fighting for their jobs. Toronto Argonauts at BC Lions. BC has gone back to their favorite status in Vancouver, minus nine, nine point favorites. Now, I would have absolutely no problem believing the Argos would cover this, but I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> uh, I think I'll take BC to win. This nine feels about right. Again, I don't, I mean, I would, as a BC fan, or as just somebody who wants BC to keep it interesting coming down the stretch, if they're still alive in this game, I want them to destroy Toronto. But I just have a feeling they won't. I have a feeling yeah. they will because yeah. they've been playing they better well. football as of late, and Toronto had that little stretch in the middle of the in the middle of the year where they were starting to play up to what could have been seen as their potential. And now they're not doing that again. They're, they've been fading ever since they put the boots to... Um, ever since they put the boots to Ottawa, they've faded back into just not being who they're... Not being any good. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's no real nice way to say it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You've lost your Canadian accent, Joe. You're done being a nice guy. <laughs> it only took me four years. <laughs> right. Um, I got to say, Joe, um, we're a bit spoiled. You know, I was just thinking to myself that this is this perhaps the second week in a row where both of our teams are going to lose. And back in the day, that was the norm. That was right, just and, every week. We just start the right. show going. Your team lost. Yep. Your team lost. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about the rest of them then. Let's talk about the good teams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now we're getting spoiled. Now we're getting sad. We're getting depressed when our teams lose. The the tide has turned in the CFL for the Rouge, White, and Blue. Right. Okay, Joe. Um. I'll ask you to take us out of here, but uh, I did want to ask you this on the completely non-CFL tip. Now you're you're not uh, you're yeah I'm sorry, but your Brewers have been eliminated. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have too much sympathy because I think my Rockies were eliminated in like July this year. Um, your Brewers have been eliminated, and you claim not to care about the Packers or the Badgers anymore. Are you you're sticking to that, right? Uh, the Packers I've been watching some. Uh, I oh. did turn I did turn last game last week's game off at halftime though because I valued my sleep more than that. And apparently mm. they showed me exactly why I made the right choice later on in that game, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I've I've just checked out completely from the NCAA just about anything. So Okay. Okay. Um so I guess the big question for me is can I interest you in the Bucks? No. 
<laughs> See, the thing is, Joe, the thing is, you need to pick up, you need to try the play.com basketball tabletop game. There is, there is no such thing, unfortunately. They, it, they don't have it? No. It, wow, basket, basketball on the tabletop is very, very difficult because you're either rolling yes. for every shot, which yes. will take you yes. all day long, or you're kind of not having a flow to the game. So I believe there's something in the works, but there's been something in the works for a couple of years now. So finding that happy medium is, uh, been a difficult thing, unfortunately for him. And he's, a, yeah. and he finds really fun ways to make, uh, just about every sport pop. So I'm sure once he, once he makes a click, I'll play it a ton, but, uh, until then, uh, just keep working on what I've been doing, which is a little bit of everything. You don't know, man. You don't know. The Bucks are going to be champs this year. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Your Bucks I'm, are probably sure going to beat my Lakers. I could see that, but yeah. I, it just doesn't. It doesn't really do anything for me. I, wow. the sport itself has just never been one of those that grabs me and says, "Pay attention to me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, I'm I'm slowly making the transition away from the NFL, but. You know, basically, I'm such a degenerate. I got to gamble on something other than CF, right? So well, that, trying to learn, and trying that, to learn how to bet on NBA. So. And plus, my team is good. My team is good again. I hope. So, um, right, yeah. Oh, one other thing. I just want to put this in here. I have no idea why, but on the tabletop thing, I remember playing back in the day, uh, playing the Appa basketball, and it, it basically turns into a dice rolling contest, more or less. I mean, you can do some stuff with your formations and stuff, and you can do some stuff on defense, but you're rolling the dice like 140 times a game, you know. So, I mean, in that respect, if you don't mind doing that, I mean, it works. But I'm sure that play games, you roll the dice a lot less than in other games. It depends on which game. There's some games yeah. that use cards, there's some games that use dice, and there's yeah. some that do both. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should talk to him about getting on the basketball game. Maybe I can help with that. In any case, right, let's get out of here. Joe, any words of wisdom? Go Bucks. Sure, <laughs> why not? Uh, if, it makes the, if it makes the people around me happy, I'm okay with it. I don't have anything against them. I just doesn't excite me. Wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Joe, especially since your bombers don't excite you anymore. As for my co-host, Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. We're both sad about our teams in the CFL, but we're going to enjoy the games next week, and we encourage you to do the same. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.
Okay. Okay. Okay.